Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Yet Rated. My name is Dean James. Great to have your company. And on this week's episode, it was Pi's choice to choose a film. Now, one of the things... Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you're going to hear my primary later today with regard to my choice for next week. Exciting times. It's very erotic. It really is. But uh, on this week's episode, there's one thing I'm going to have to do quite extensively. And you want to know what that is? What is that, swear? You're going to have to... Pardon my French. Ah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I hope you didn't work too long on that one. No, I look, I tried to come up with something clever and I thought, well, this is the first time I've seen this film, by the way. That's amazing. Yeah, I've never seen it. Tremors is just... It's one of those films in the Pantheon where it turned cult, but it was good from the moment I saw it. Really? Yeah, it was one of those ones that I've accidentally came across and it was it was with family and all that sort of thing and just one day and then it was like, what is this? Yeah, well, I um, I must say that there are a lot of really interesting things that I want to talk about with this film today. It's, it's got a crazy thing about it. It does, it really does. And yes, if you haven't picked up already, yes, we are talking about the 1990 Ron Underwood film, Tremors. Now, uh, Tremors, as I said, it is the first time I've seen this film and uh, let me just ask you a question, Pi. Now, um, I think this is one of your favourite films, am I right? It's it's definitely one of my comfort films. Okay. There's there's one of those things where it's infinitely quotable and yeah. it went around sort of my group of people mm. and everybody loves it because yep. it's, it's such a great little film. And did you grow up with this film too? I didn't grow up with it necessarily. I only saw it when it was on VHS. Ah, yes. Okay. The good old VHS days. <laughs> yeah, because that's where it started to get its legs. Yeah. Like I didn't even see that it had a theatrical release. And that's what I wanted to sort of talk a little bit about as well at some stage because, yeah, the, the film really did sort of resonate a lot better on VHS compared mm. to its um, theatrical release. If you look in, and I'm sure you have done your homework and stuff, but one of the things that they said was that it was sort of screwed at the box office. The promo sucked. Yes. It wasn't well marketed. Yeah, it wasn't well marketed. It also launched in a pretty big stage of things. Like, if you have a look what it was released against in cinema, you're like, oh, yeah, nah, you're not going to win. You're not going to win against that competition. Absolutely. But look, um, so two main characters are established really at the opening (sighs) sequence of the film. Kevin Bacon pissing off a cliff. Off a cliff. Exactly. Because you would. (laughs) Oh, well, in the middle of nowhere, you absolutely would, wouldn't you? Yeah, so that's Val. Yes. Valentine. Yep, Valentine, played by Kevin Bacon. And then you've also established to a character by the name of Earl, who's played by Fred Ward. Who's amazing. And Fred Ward, like, he's one of those actors, like, he's been in some films that I've seen, like he was in Escape from Alcatraz back in uh, Mm. the late 70s, all the way up till Naked Gun 33 in the third. (laughs) That dude ages... He's he's Dorian Gray. He really is, isn't he? Because I, I had a quick look at what he looks like. He looks the same now. Does he really? That dude's got good genetics. Yeah, he must. I know. He's still got some wrinkles though. Yeah, but he always had them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, he did. Looked, he didn't look young in Alcatraz. He's always persistent with the with these looks, I think. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think so. Absolutely. Great. So we've already got this establishment of these two characters already in the opening sequence. They're in the middle of the Nevada desert. Yeah, the, yeah. the Valley of Perfection. The Valley of Perfection. And yeah, Perfection, what a name of a town, really. I mean, the population. I think uh, there was even an establishing shot at one point where it, it had the, the name of the town and it said like the population was like 10 people or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so what happens is they have their normal argument. So the, one of the things that I think is so good about this is as a buddy movie, the chemistry between the two leads is fucking Right. I totally agree with you on that. Absolutely. These guys, like the interaction and the banter between it is so natural. It is natural. And that's what I love about how it is established these two characters yeah, at so the beginning. Yeah, so he's asleep in the truck and he wakes him up by pulling a prank on him about a stampede. Yeah. He falls out of the truck. Then they have an argument which brings the rock, paper, scissors yes. into the breakfast, which is an ongoing theme throughout the entire. But you get the ending at the start. Yeah. Where they're queuing and they're showing you the ending at the start as well. Mm. So there's there's some clever film 
filmmaking there because they're showing you where it's going to end up. They do, yeah. You get the same wide shot at the start, you get the exact same wide shot as the final shot of the film. That's true. Yeah. So you're like, that's nice. That's a good touch. It is a good touch, yeah. And um, so these two characters, they're like handyman, aren't they, really? They're odd bodies. Odd you know, bodies, They do everything yeah. around town. There's only, yeah, so then what happens is they head off and they meet uh, Rhonda. Yeah, Rhonda, who is played by Finn Carter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And uh, look, you know, <laughs> uh, she's, look, I'd never heard of this actress and I didn't think that her performance was outstanding, That, in my honest opinion. No. No, she's sort of just there because she's there in yeah, a way. Yeah, I don't she didn't she didn't bring too much to the role, but I no, guess she didn't. her benefit was that she was a good contrast to Val and Earl. Yeah. Like her performance wasn't necessarily spectacular, but no. she played the sort of statish kind of nerdish person pretty yeah, well. Yeah, because she's obviously there to uh, study into earthquakes and, and tremors and, and those yeah. sorts of things. And uh, obviously there's a little bit of a sort of an establishment of her character when she's sort of out in the middle of the desert at that moment in time. She's yeah, obviously and, it's, and it's that thing where it's, you know, I'm looking at seismology. And, yeah, seismology, you know, so exactly. Got, it's got that thing where it's going into it. But yeah. I think even though she is the love interest for... For uh, Kevin Back- Bacon's for, character. For Kevin Back and Beacon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin Middleback Bacon. That's right. Um, the the chemistry between Val and Earl is still always going to be better. Oh, of course it will. <laughs> of course it will. Yeah. So, so they're, they're getting fed up. They are. Yep. They're getting fed up in the Valley of Perfection and mm. they're sick of doing shitty jobs. They are. Uh, so they do the garbage. Um, the fencing moment at the start where he hits the post like 40 times and then hits the staple mm. Um, mm. is actually accurate if you've ever tried to hammer a staple into a post. So. And clearly you have. Amazing. Is yeah. that a clear influence that this film has had on you? Oh, I'm just saying you will miss 40, 50 times before you actually <laughs> nail that thing and he does it so well. Um, and then, yeah, so they've done garbage. And then they're going to they, they do this great transition where they say we need to set our height sights a little higher because mm. there's only 25 people in perfection. That's right, and 26. they want to they want to leave and they want to go and venture off yeah, so out of the town. Yeah, Bixby, which has probably got a thousand yeah. people in it. Well, that's right. I know what a, what a what a stark contrast that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then they pump sewage, and then mm. the truck explodes. They get covered in shit, and that's when they make the decision. So they start packing up and getting ready to go. That's right. Meanwhile, and then when you've got. Uh, the character of Rhonda. When she's out in the middle and she's doing all the sort of investigative work, all of a sudden we get this first glimpse of this thing that's coming through the ground, don't yeah, we? Yeah, so you get you get the, the moving soil and yes. then you get a camera at ground level, which yeah. sort of... I thought it was a really nice touch the way that it turned sideways. Yeah. So and it felt like it was waking up, like clunk, mm. and then it started moving. And I, I really want to give uh, credit to Ron Underwood here with regard to the way that he communicates the point of view of this tremor. He does this quite extensively during the film, doesn't yeah. he, with, with these creatures? Because it's coming from the perspective of the creature-looking thing, doesn't he? The he does pro- it a lot. The, the special effects in the production yeah. of this are... So far for, above what you'd expect. For the time period, I totally agree. They really are quite remarkable. And it's one of those things that you believe it. And they did that really great thing where they buried the lead. Yes. You know, and pun intended. Yeah. yeah love thank it. you very much. Well done. Well done on that. That you don't see them. You don't even see the entire one until your three sort of protagonists are together. You don't see what they are. Yep. 
you just get the point of view shot because the first one goes all the way up to Rhonda when she's about to get in her truck and, and she's about to close see, it. And you just like sand getting pushed and you it do. looks like there's something big under it. You know, like they sell it so well they in that do. regard. Like you'd think that there's something under the ground. And the hype of the suspense at that moment in time, yeah. you, you know that something's coming, but it actually is quite effective. So even when you're introduced to the fact that there might be something wrong, so Val and Earl are driving out and they find one of the old, he's like your old hobo of the yes. town. And he's climbed up on top of like an electricity tower. Yes, that's right. And he hasn't even been killed by one. No. So he's up there holding a rifle. Yeah. So they're like, shit, okay. So they get up there and they pull him down and mm. they take him to the doctor. Yeah. And the doctor's like, man, he died of thirst. Yeah, exactly. He died of dehydration. And it was the fact that he was up there for a quite a number of days because yeah. clearly he couldn't get down because of this thing. Yeah, so he knew they were there. Yeah. So, so there was that implied element that, yeah, something is clearly in the ground and, and completely freaked him out. And then while they're at the doctor's, the first scene victim happens yes. with old Fred with his sheep and the sheep are just going crazy. They are. There's that uh, establishing shot of all the sheep that are sort of just like all yeah, dead and, and everything. And, and, and it's weird when you don't have your central characters, when you've got your people that are going to yeah. get eaten. Yeah. They don't really... <laughs> They're a bit weird. Edgar Deeves, so that was the name of the character that was up on top of the thing. He was mm. a weird looking hobo guy. Yeah. With like a union soldier hat. <laughs> he did, and then he? Edgar Deeves is out with the sheep and he's like hacking stuff away and he's got like a fedora on. Yes. It's a weird farmer's thing and it's yeah, just it is. dirt. And anyway, you just get dust coming up and Edgar sinks and you don't see anything else. No. And then Val and Earl drive past mm. and you see <laughs> such a... <laughs> You can literally see the guys going out there and digging little holes and putting like sheep's wool and then like putting gore on it and just like, there you go, there was a sheep, there was a sheep, there was a sheep, there was a sheep and they walk towards it. They lift the hat. They do. And it's it's Fred's head. (laughs) It's Fred's head. It is. It was so freaky, wasn't it? Oh, I'd tell you. <laughs> There's so many of those uh, those moments in there. There's even a scene that um, I, I thought actually did really well in terms of suspense. It was a it was a moment where you had this older couple. You had this uh, male oh, and a female. The, oh, that's right. And then all of a sudden, the car, they're in the car. and well, the engine goes, they've, they've got like a generator, they're building a house. Yeah, that's right. And all of a sudden the generator stops. Yeah. And it's underground. Yes. Um, so they're like, oh, it must have been a sinkhole. It was not a sinkhole <laughs> at all. And you just feel for that poor woman. Like I felt for her at that moment. She got into the back of the car. She's obviously trying to stay there. Well, that that part, because that's the first time when you actually, because that's the first character that you met. It is. Like that, that had a speaking line that mm. was murdered by an underground worm. Um, <laughs> and it's a some funny. Some worm. Yeah, it's a, I was going to say like a sandworm, you know, I'm thinking like yeah. Beetlejuice kind of thing. Yeah, sandwormy Junie. Yeah, yeah, a bit of Junie. Yeah, yeah a bit. sandwormy Junie. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. Beetle, yeah. Beetle June. Beetle June. Oh, yes, go. that's so perfect. It's a Beetle June worm. Beetle June, yeah. So the Beetle June worm, and he's trying to hang on for his sweet life. He is. And she's like throwing timber in, and he's like, ah! And it cracks the timber and it pulls him under. So she runs to the car. She does. And she gets into the back seat and she's turning on the engine. She can't obviously have any trouble. She with didn't it. have the keys. Yeah. He had the keys. That's right. <laughs> you just feel so sorry for her. And then the, yeah. whole, the whole station wagon thing just gets sucked in. Yeah. So they dig out under the station wagon yeah. to get to her. Mm, and we do. don't know if that's one or two of them or whatever. And then the workers. Yeah. The workers is next. Look. <laughs> This, see, the thing the, is with this one, like that's 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 one of the reasons I like this film so much is yeah. I feel like it straddles the comedy and the warmth of the two characters 
And it's offset by that horror and suspense. Yeah, and and that part with the workers, I mean, you actually don't see that specifically, but you know the, the but you see the drill hit the thing. That's so right. He's using a you know like the, mm. the pneumatic drill on the road, yeah. mm. and it goes into one of these. Uh, what are we calling them again? June worms. Yeah. Oh, uh, sand uh, dunes. Sand beetle, dunes. Beetle dunes. Beetle dune. Yeah. So it goes into a beetle dune. Yes. And it drags the drill away and it mm. pulls a guy around the corner and they get hit by rocks. But that's when Val and Earl come by and yeah. they see that it's happened again. So they they've did. already freaked out. Yep. They think that there's like a serial killer that cut off yeah. Fred's head. Yeah. As opposed to something coming up and eating Fred's Eating head. it, yeah. And they back into a into a bit of the, the terrain. The, yeah, yeah, they do. You're hung up. Yeah. I'm not hung up. Next time I tell you I'm not hung up. All right. Because one of these worms had grabbed the car. Yeah, that's right. So- Val had revved the shit out of the car. He was like, come on! And he just wrecking it and then drives off. Yeah, and then a bit of it remains on the bottom, doesn't so it? So they've got like one of its tongue things. Yeah, it was like a, look, a weird looking tongue and they take it to the general store in perfection. Which really introduces the rest of the townsfolk. And it does. And one of them is Victor Wong. Uh, he owns the the general store in the in the in, town. In perfection. In perfection. You got this other really obnoxious little teenage boy who just drives me nuts in the film. Yeah, he's an absolute he, shit. He's so annoying. He is so annoying. Melvin. Yes, that's right. That's his now God, he just absolutely irritates me. But when they obviously go back to the general store, back to perfection, and then they see the tongue is, you know, this tongue attached to the back, yeah. is attached to the back of the exhaust or whatever, and then, you know, they end up <laughs> selling it off for like fifteen dollars or something to Victor Wong's character, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and decide to Chang. use it. Yeah, that's right. They decide to use it as a little bit of a feature inside the, uh, inside <laughs> well, the general store. Well, money of it. Yeah, exactly. So, But it's also that thing. So you've got uh, a woman and her daughter. Yeah. And she's like a ceramicist or something. And by the way, that daughter, when I looked at her, I thought, hang on, she looks so familiar. She's the girl from Jurassic Park. She is, uh, Ariana Yeah, Richards. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Something along the lines of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's in it, and so that's her daughter in it. There's Miguel, who's yes. like your generally sort of guy. Mm. Uh, you've got Bert and Heather. That's right, and Heather played by Reba. And Bert played by Michael Michael Gross, Gross who's the uh, father, of course, from the TV show Family Ties. But I also think I, I'm pretty sure that in this, mm. like Michael Gross finished Family Ties. Because Family Ties finished in 1989, so it was a year after. So he'd finished Family Ties and then he did this? Yeah, I know. What a what a, a completely different contrast for, for so, him. So Bert and Heather are survivalists. They are. Like proper crazy American, yep. 500 guns apiece, they bunker are. underground survivalists. Mm. So There's you, a great scene actually later in the film that I want to talk about between the two of them, which I think is just really, really enjoyable, but we'll get to that. There's a few scenes. There actually <laughs> is. Yeah, look, there is. There's some fun scenes. It's actually a very fun film. And that's the thing. That, that's what I mean. Like yeah. it straddles the the sort of the survival and the horror elements with the humour so well. And, and it's so well articulated with that contrast. And later on when we talk about sort of that influence, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that influence of that style. Yeah, yeah. With regard to this film. Okay. Yeah, so we'll talk about that later. Right, so they've come back. They've found that there's a worm there. So there's yeah. obviously this, um, this threat that they think is out there. So they think that this worm thing that's attached to the car yeah. is what ate up all the sheep and yeah. attacked Fred and all that sort that's, of stuff. So that's they exactly think right. there was like a flock of them. Yeah. They're like, there must be a flock of these worm things. Only to find out later on that the worm things are just their tongues. <laughs> so they send Val and Earl to go get the cops because obviously there's no cops for 25 people. That's right. They get there and where the road workers were killed, mm. it's all 
the road's blocked, so there's no way out. Mm, mm. So now you're trapped in the Valley of Perfection. Yeah, you are. You can't can't escape. <laughs> so then they decide that the only way, so they've got, everyone gets a job, so Bert and Heather are going to try and find Rhonda's character. Yep, that's right. People are trying to do the right thing and mm. make sure that everybody's safe. And so Val and Earl come back and they're like, oh, look, it's stuck. There's no way we're getting out of here. So mm. they're like, well, you could go up the old Jeep trail over the mountains, mm. take some horses and go from there. Yeah. So Val and Earl get on the horses and because they're who's best on a horse and that's Val and Earl. Yeah, you of know, course they are. Yeah. Village go to good old buddy film, isn't <laughs> it? Really? So it is. Yeah. And so they get a couple of guns and mm. some cheese and yep. And then they go <laughs> off on their little adventure. They go on their little horses and it's got this really nice slow motion riding it, into the dawn. They have shot. that. It's very late eighties, early nineties style, isn't it? It has that feel. It's got it. It does. And it's got that palette too. Yeah, I know. It's got I that can, orange palette. It does. And then they run into Rhonda when they're they there. They do. But the, the horses mm. get attacked. Yes. What happens is the horse gets attacked and then they know that these worm things are just the the tongues. Yeah. And then they run for it and they meet Rhonda and then they're trapped on a rock. They are trapped on the rock and then they realise that they actually can't, if they, if they go actually on the ground itself, then that's going to pick up sort of their senses. Yeah. So Rhonda's being there, she's like, they yeah. hunt through vibrations in the ground. That's so right. So they've come to that conclusion. So, you know, like Val taps like a, a plank of wood. That's right. You know, like old fencing stuff that's around and it jumps up and grabs it. Yeah. And then they just, you know, get these poles and uh, well, they, they spend they, the entire night there. They and do. You get this really sweet thing where they're, they're having all these guesses. So like, I think these are, you know, like Fred Ward's characters, like, I think they're aliens. <laughs> And Kevin Bacon's like, no, no, mutations. And the, and the caused by radiation. That's right. <laughs> and then there's the slight subplot between, you know, Kevin Bacon's character yeah, and Yeah, he gives her the Rhonda. jacket. I you know that old trope. I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, it's so absolutely obvious. I don't know about you, but a lot of the women that I know carry jackets. Well, how come everybody in every film they're just like, here, wear my jacket? Oh, look, I don't know. Is it a wear my jacket? Is it a manly Are you cold? thing? What yeah, is that? Take yeah. my jacket. Look, you it's know. a lovely thing to do to someone you because you're like, but, I don't feel the cold. Whereas you're like, oh, I'm so but it looks hot out there. <laughs> yeah, well, you're in a desert. Yeah, exactly. But deserts get cold at night. Look, I get that point. But geez, as oh. tropes go, yeah. come on. I'm just take can, we, jacket. can we move on with these tropes? Seriously? But yeah, anyway, it's got to be another thing. Anyway. Just be like, here, here's my phone charger. That's that's right. <laughs> exactly. That's and the new one. It's it just is. like, here you go. Here's a battery backup. For your phone. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, oh, they, so are, romantic. they are stuck on the rock and they're trying to, obviously, they, they realize that it's about the vibrations and they've got to be careful of that. So they get these poles and they just miraculously find three of them, you know. Yeah, I mean, Come on. There's a bunch of fencing shit around. Yeah, like, right. yeah, anyway. So I'll give them that. They decide to pole vault over to the other rocks. And yeah, so they can't climb. They These can't climb. things can't climb. No, they can't. So they get all the way up to the Rhonda's truck, and then once again, it pops out out of nowhere, doesn't it? It starts trying to eat it. It does. Rhonda starts the truck with her hands. With her hands? She's upside down, yeah. driving. Blind like, through the desert. I don't know Hilarious. how they got through that, but once again, another classic trope, you know. Yeah. Of course they're going to get out and survive that, aren't well, they? Well, they've got to go back to the, the town so everyone yeah. else can get eaten. Yeah, that's right. And that's where we go back. We go back to the general store and that's where, you know, Victor Wong's character. And by the way, like, I think there was at that point where, you know, they were starting to, to do little things within the store to make sure that, you know, none of the vibrations, like they had to turn off the, the fridge. And they didn't turn off the fridge. They didn't. Oh, they that was when. They turned off the fridge. They should have. And that was that part where Victor Wong's character So they're all being in, quiet. She explained. Like they get Rhonda to explain, and what's hilarious is they all get off track. Like, what do you call them? Yeah, you know they're all doing <laughs> this argument. Like, we should we should give them a name. Yeah, you're like it doesn't matter about the name. Mm. And they explain that sort of she's got seismographs all over, and there's four of them. So oh, and they they kill one. 
which which ones? Remember, they kill one in the trench. So what happens, yeah, we miss the part where you meet them for the first time is when they eat the horse, Val and Earl run and jump into like a flood trench. It's like a big concrete pit and it's going at them so oh, fast. Oh, yes. It smacks itself and oh. they... How stupid could we, son, how stupid could, son of a bitch, yeah, knocked could, himself cold. How could we forget about that? Because that's actually going to be one of the reasons for the later in the film. That's just, yeah, that, so that's uh, just the first part where Rhonda meets them and then they get stuck on the rock because the second one comes. Because one's already right. dead. Yes. So there's three left. So when they knock it out, and it's the first time because Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. <laughs> Valentine turns around <laughs> and he's like, cold my ass, we killed it. Fuck you. Yeah. That's the only time the F-bomb is dropped in the film. I'm actually going to be talking about... Talk about it right now. Oh, all right, fine. Okay, so look, (laughs) um, I I will talk about it now because one of the things that I found really, really fascinating about this is the fact that, yeah, there is only really not much swearing in this film and there's reasons for it. And and that's why the the phrase, pardon my French, is used quite a few times by these characters in this film because there were moments where they actually filmed it with the coarse language. Yeah, they did. In it, you know, with the fucks and all that sort of thing. But then after time, they realised because of the marketing strategy here was that they wanted the film to appeal to more of a larger demographic. It got an R rating first. It eventually got an R rating and then they toned down the language within the film and then they ended up giving it a PG-13. But the reason why I want to bring this up now is because it was at a time period where we did have a lot of these sort of films mixed in with comedy and horror mixed together, but they were catered for more of a family-friendly kind of environment and audience. And, like, I mean, Beetlejuice is sort of... A part of that, but it sort of influenced that comedy horror. It's definitely aspect. got that comedy horror part. It, yeah, it really does. But also other films of that year of 1990, films like Arachnophobia, hilarious. I know, and but I mean, it's not exactly a great film, but it's a film that did appeal to a younger audience. Yeah, it did. And a lot of this that we see in Tremors is really an influence on the B movies of the 1950s. Yeah. You know, like a lot of the sort of... Um, yeah, giant tarantulas. Giant tarantulas. Giant lizards. And it's really sort of that influence of uh, of those B-movies trying to bring up a, a wider audience, but to try and uh, bring it across to an audience to say, well, let's make it more almost like an A picture. So we need to attack Universal and do like the Snyder Cut thing where we're just like, you need to release mm. the, the, the fuck version. The fuck version. And Can we have the fuck version of Tremors? Because it's like 20, 22 fucks or something. Yeah, something like that. And you can even- That's a lot of fucks. There are a lot of them. And even some- quotes in the film I can't exactly remember all of them but there are things where I think it was like Mother Trucker or something Mother Humbles ah that's right what it is <laughs> I knew you were going to correct me on that absolutely but yeah so there's a lot of that really yeah, is, is fantastic I think 20 in, odd fucks cut out yeah bring, there is bring back the fucks oh no well let's bring it on let's get uh, let's they're get releasing a master a remastered version of it this year are they yeah Oh, it's coming out! That. It's coming out in a seven-disc Tremors set. Oh well, on Blu-ray in 4K because well, there was like 400 sequels to this. And shit. it's going to be another question I was going to ask you later, but let's come back <laughs> to it. Let's go back to the film. So if we go back to the film for a moment, because yeah, they're back in the general store. Yeah, and obviously uh, the Victor Wong character just abruptly gets eaten by this thing, doesn't he? Yeah, because the fridge goes off, the compressor kicks in. That's and right. It jumps out of the floorboard. Yeah, out of the floorboard. Eats him. Yep, exactly. And and from there, one of the things that they have to do is. Essentially, they've got get to get on the, on the roof. roof. They've got to get on the roof. So they get on the roof of the general store and it's got a traditional flat tar roof. Yeah, it does. Um, so what's happening is that there's, uh, I think there's two or three of them that mm. are roaming around town. So they're all underground. Mm. Um, there's another guy, Nestor, who's on top of his caravan. Yep. And they start testing the buildings. They do. So it shows that they're smart. So they're, mm. they're working around the foundations and rocking them and stuff like that. Mm. Nestor's on a caravan. <laughs> 
Big bad decision. Yeah. Gets knocked off the caravan, sits in a t- tractor tire like it's off the ground, I'll be safe, and it eats him like a middle of a donut. <laughs> <laughs> he just disappears. He does. And it does the great underground footage where it's showing all the rocks getting pushed out of the way underground. Yeah. So you're just like, you know, because they don't have any eyes, they're so no. and all this sort of stuff. So he gets eaten and they're trashing it. Now, the entire town was built for mm. this film. So all the structures and everything else. So it, the whole thing was a set. So that's why the production design is really strong here. Absolutely. Because when it breaks through the floorboards, it yeah. shows it splintering through all the floorboards. And then they do this amazing shot on the roof where it's wrecking the foundations of the general store. Yeah. And that's great. Where the roof is like rocking up and yeah. down and it's showing stuff. So the tarred mm. roof is moving the way that it would. Really impressive for its Absolutely time. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, the way that they do it. So they're all trapped on the roof, which then I think takes us to... Bert and Heather. Oh, which I'm I, assuming you want to talk. I about. do because under uh, so Bert and Heather, they're in like this basement, and basically, <laughs> you know, Val is trying to say, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be up there; you should be on the roof," and that sort of thing. But they've got all of these access to weapons and and these sorts of things. And then you've got these creatures; they sort of sort of break through. Don't it comes they? through the wall. At the Bert wall and, and the you way don't see. What's great is they're doing this thing. She's cleaning. Uh, like gun cartridges to reload yeah. them. So they've got a machine on that's vibrating, like dick, 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 and it busts through the wall. But until it busts through the wall, you don't see what's on the wall behind them. No. So the camera pans around. Yeah, it does. And it is a floor to ceiling wall of fucking guns. <laughs> and they just, so they're just like, they're on the radio and you hear, oh no. We're going to die. And the radio cuts. Yeah. And then all you hear is. And you honestly. <laughs> And Off in the distance. audience honestly thinks that these characters are not going to survive this no, thing. There's a, there's a period of silence and yeah. then it's nothing but gunfire. And I tell you, this was the, the, my favourite part of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it because I thought, I honestly thought these characters were done for. Yeah. I really, really did. But then they miraculously come out of it. It wasn't miraculous. They shot the shit out yeah, of it. Yeah, and they, they really attacked it. And, oh, God. He pulled out an elephant gun. Yes. Like, you know, and they were just, and it was like, he got grabbed at one stage and she blew its tongue off like it's just the amount of ordnance they pump into that thing mm. and then at the end it drops dead and michael gross turns around and says you broke into the wrong goddamn rec room yes that's his rec room yeah what, what does the gun room look like <laughs> oh no it's pretty scary isn't it times of the of american society but um <laughs> then it goes back to <laughs> and then one of the things it, it, they've got to work out a plan in order to escape now it's awesome and it is pretty awesome like you've got rondo who's on sort of the other side with the yeah, on the tower and then they realize that there's this tractor that they've got to sort of try and yeah, get like to. a cat like a massive earth mover yeah that's right and and the way that they are able to get there they've got to try and come up with a plan to ensure that these vibrations don't necessarily hear the humans but they hear more the tractor yeah. Yeah, so someone's got to run for it and they need yep. to distract them while the person's running. They do. To get on. Because they're like, they couldn't dig that out because it weighs like four tons or something. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And it's a good idea. So they break some water and mm. it makes the sound and Val runs over and starts it up and then they bring the bucket up mm. and then everyone jumps in the bucket. So they it's do. a super smart way to do it. Yeah. And then by the time they get to Bert and Heather, Bert and Heather have got just sacks of guns on the roof. Yeah, that's right. And all that sort of stuff. And Bert's been making explosives. Oh, and the explosives. Oh, do I love that part. Oh. So, so Bert's... <laughs> so they're driving and it's starting to eat the thing and yep. they throw all the guns and everything else in there and in hope of trying to get it. So they're going to try and get to the mountain because it's granite and mm. then they can climb and hike over the mountains to get out yeah. to Bixby and stuff. That's right. During this time, they dig a trap. So the guys are in there and they dig the June worms. Yes. So the beetle... Beetle Junes. Yes. Dig a big trap and mm. then the thing falls in. So the cat falls in. They all tumble out and they're stuck on a rock together. Mm. And Fred Ward, 
So Earl has a great idea where he's going to go fishing. So they're throwing rocks. And then they take one of Bert's bombs. Yeah. Oh, God. So Bert, originally to get off the thing when it gets trapped, he throws one and it explodes. And uh, Rhonda thinks that it'll hurt him because they're so sensitive to mm, vibration. That's and it right. does. They all they bolt mm. and everybody runs and gets to a rock. Mm. And it's that great thing where they go, Bert, what the hell's in those things? Yeah. And he's like, a few household chemicals in the proper <laughs> proportions. Yes. And they're like, what kind of fuse is this? Cannon fuse. What do you use it for? cannon <laughs> like fucking bird oh no and they're stuck on the rocks so they go fishing he's throwing rocks and then they throw one of these bombs and mm. boom and then they catch one and then it pops it and it's absolutely amazing this thing blooms out and it looks like a popped whale it's and incredible it does look like a pop whale and even the blood i mean it's like an orangey it, it's, it's almost thick, like yeah. a, a really thick orange it's like orange crush you yeah, know like, like soft orange drink fanta. yeah orange fanta jellied yeah. fanta yeah exactly oh, that's so what nasty it, oh i know and uh, i know there's been some uh, sort of changes with some of the blood some of it's a little bit orangey some of it's a little a bit, bit ready ready yeah there's sort of but it's but that's that comes back to the the efficacy like the how efficient the practical effects are yes yeah, true they look incredible. Like these things are believable. They are believable. Yeah. You know, and the the, the biology of them, because they talked with actual biologists about what this would look like. Mm. Uh, anthropologists, I think they you know, uh, dinosaur people. Yeah. And they were like, hey, dinosaur people, what would it be like if something did this? Mm. So they had, you know, the spines on the outside and mm. all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But then they're trying to get the last one, which is the one that grabbed their truck. Yeah. Stumpy. Stumpy the worm. <laughs> and so Stumpy's wise to their shit. Stumpy's the smart one. He's like, you've ripped- Always going to be left to last. You've ripped one of my tongues off. Yeah. Now it's personal. That's right. And Stumpy spits the dynamite back out. Out. And it falls. And it, and it ping pongs. Yep. And pinballs down into- the their other bombs. Their other <laughs> their bombs. other bag of bombs. Blows everybody off the rock. Everyone <laughs> runs for their lives. It was so funny. I actually laughed out loud at that moment. Because you're just like, what could it Because How could it get worse? Because it goes, whoosh, and it does this great thing where it shows it's sailing through the air and then back to everyone's face. And you can and see- back to the air, back to the face. The close-ups at that part. Yeah. It was fantastic. So well shot. But one of the great things was, I mean, yes, that was funny and it was extremely funny, but we find out that there's one left. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the all-important bomb that will hopefully be their, their saving grace. And it's the final part for that trope. So Val yep. gets the idea to um, – he gets an idea, but he doesn't share it. But, but it, it goes it back to – the final trope of who's got the lighter. Yes, that's right. So there's these ongoing things like Val and Earl always have who's got the lighter. So one's got the cigarettes in their hand. They're patting each other down while the other one's holding the lighter. They don't have the cigarette. Mm. So it's this back and forth. So mm. you see that three or four times. Yeah, you do. Where who's got the lighter – and then Rhonda's got it. Yeah, she does. <laughs> huh? And he throws the bomb past it towards the the cliff. So he gets the idea because they were there in the morning and it's stampede. So that mm. was like two days ago that that mm. actually happened. That was. There's two days. It'd be time. about right. Yeah. Two, two or three days. The whole film. Yeah. Two or three days of time. Passed. That's right. So then it shoots out of the edge. Yes. And it falls. <laughs> into the and cliff. And pops on the rocks. And oh, it's like. The beauty of that blood. Oh my God. Crushing out of it. Just. A because great you could way. say it pops like a tomato, but it's chunkier. <laughs> it's like if a tomato had bacon skin. <laughs> and then just bleh. Oh, I tell you. It's it, spectacular. It is spectacular. It's a great way to end the film, and really. And you see it falling and it's like, ah! It's amazing. <laughs> it's like this big flubbery, big yeah. bowl of 
fat that yeah, just, just sort of... Yeah, just imagine a whale. <laughs> just pops. It does. Oh, oh, just beautiful. It's so well done. It is well done. And oh. then you get to the end and everybody's like, yay. And yay. And new truck tires and they're going to sort it Classic out. trope as well, by the way, at the end, you know. Oh, why haven't you kissed the girl yet? Yeah, why haven't you kissed Rhonda? You yeah. know, Val, Earl you know. slams the truck lid. Gives slams, the look. slams. Fred Ward's looks in this film are amazing. But that's, his but that's, face... But that's where him he's looking. He's like, it's so good. Yeah, he pulls the best stink eye. Yeah, he does. Do he's so good. Really well with that. And of course, the the final moment is that Val really does need to go yeah. and say something to Rhonda. They have this little sort of encounter. Where it's like, oh yeah, will right. they? Won't they? Will they? Or won't they? And it's like, well, <laughs> they sort of just walk off. Well, Rhonda walks off into the distance, and it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll see you around. And Val's like, oh yeah, see you around, and that sort of thing. But grow a pair of balls, go up to her, yeah, and um, and just do it. You survived the living worm. I know. You know like, like, surely you, doesn't you that lived. doesn't that bring love? Beetle Junes didn't eat you. Come no, on. they don't. You're a survivor. Everybody else yeah, got eaten. Exactly. But then, of course, uh, he does eventually go up to her at uh, at the end of the film, and they have this, of course, this classic trope of having this nice little makeout session at the end of the film. Uh, the camera pans up. Camera away. pans out before, of course, you have this uh, <laughs> interesting piece of music. Is it that? Is it this one? No, it's not that one. Nah. Oh, I got it wrong. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough then. I'm assuming that was Reba McIntyre. It was Reba McIntyre. But anyway, if we do have a little bit of Reba McIntyre on. Yeah, we'll just have that in the background. Just have that on in the background. Uh, I think I've chosen the wrong song, but that's okay. Yeah, because the thing that cracks me up about it is it starts with like this real hoedown song. Yeah. Like it finished with like a diddly diddly Is that what it was? Yeah, it starts with something really long. That's probably in it. Yeah. the actual credits track come on. Yeah. Where does that come from? But Reba McIntyre, she was a... She was, is. or she is, sorry, I should say. Um, yeah, she's a country music singer. And, An incredibly uh, well-known one. Very well-known. And she even had a sitcom as well. In yeah, the, called uh, Reba. Reba, yeah, just <laughs> Reba. How, how original was that? But look, you know, I think that uh, there's lots of really interesting elements to this film um, with regard to... Look, production, Gail Ann Hurd. Yep, Gail Ann um, Hurd. I was going to talk about her because... Um, just to sort of, you know, wrap this one in a bow. Yeah. Because the team that put this together, mm. I mean, Ron Underwood's next film did incredible incredibly well yes and then everything got progressively not as well after it and that's right and ron underwood he did city slickers yeah um, the year did. after yeah i know oh, what a film he he did and uh jack palance who won an academy award for his performance in that film and uh he even did uh, mighty joe young yeah. um back in the late 90s and you know that's got some really impressive visual effects in that yeah absolutely yeah for for a disney film but yeah look i i would say that the, the production design here is is fantastic it's amazing visual effects and special effects uh fantastic too as i said before i think the sort of the notion and it, it sort of brings sort of a uh, a great homage to a lot of those 50s absolutely monster creature style films which were kind of influenced by things like the cold war and those sorts of things yeah it's an enjoyable film it's fun it's funny isn't it it is funny um infinitely quotable in yeah it is i mean pardon my french uh, how many times did they use that? Like calling beers rain grenades. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, um, actually, I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna ask you your rating first before I give you mine. I I, I absolutely give this four out of five. Four out of five. There's absolutely zero conflict for me because yep. it does skirt that balance. And I'm not saying that it's like an Oscar worthy thing. No, Kevin of Bacon not. hated this film for years. Yeah, he did. He didn't like and it. And then later on he's finally come around and he loves it. Yeah. You know, because we're like, Kev, we, we got it first. Yeah, we did. You're just behind the eight <laughs> Exactly. You know, uh, excuse you and your hefty highfalutin standards yeah. of like I should be doing serious drama. <laughs> Tell me that again while you dance around John Lithgow. Like, come on, Kev, it's okay. 
<laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, I think for me, um, it's a three for me. Bastard. Why? Who hurt you? Three's good. <laughs> it is actually three. Three's good for me. Excuse yeah, me. Hey, remember. Especially for a B horror film, you must, yeah. Yeah, for or me, a, I think. That's, a ho-com. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. But no, as I said, it's a good film. It's enjoyable. It's fun. So three out of five for me is is about right. All right, fair enough. All right, cool. Excellent. So um, let's find out uh, what my let's, choice yeah, is going to be on, next on, week. Let's the- have a listen. <laughs> oh, next week. It's Dino's choice. <laughs> That's okay. my little probo. I'm not going to be able to listen to that. No, I know. I know. So as um, Pius mentioned in last week's episode, like uh, his one's a little bit more dramatic, whereas mine's a little bit more sort of, you know, airy-fairy, isn't it really? <laughs> Your words, not that, mine. That's right. So um, my choice for next week. Um, so I'm going to be choosing a, a film that uh, is very recent, very recent, and Ooh. it's uh, a film that I'm looking forward to re-watching. And it's a film that comes from South Korea. And the film that I've decided to choose is the Academy Award-winning film mm. for Best Picture mm. this year, mm-hmm. which is Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. All right, cool. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> the suspense, I was like, what's it get? where's it going? Where's Where it am I going South with Korea. this yeah, I South it. Korea, yeah, yeah you yeah. got it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's good. Um, I've only seen it once and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be some, hopefully some some good commentary on it. Oh, well, we'll find out. We will find out, How won't we? How could it be? Next Thanks, well, that's, that's exactly right. Well, we better finish up. So thank you very much. Another good fun one. So I look forward to having our discussion on Parasite next week. Thanks for joining us. Peace.